Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. At the end of this week, we got to the book of Ephesians. And as you know, Rose, Ephesians is packed with a ton of different truths that we could discuss at length. That's for sure. When we did the book of Ephesians and No Trash, Just Truth, we called the series, The Truth Will Set You Free. Yep. And one of the main truths that's in Ephesians that is blatant in your face is the doctrine of predestination and election to salvation. And the apostle Paul starts out with it right in the first chapter, right out of the gate. And if you're not familiar with the doctrine of predestination or election, it's the doctrine that explains that God chose those he was going to save before the foundation of the world. And that's directly from the book of Ephesians in 1.4. And that, and again, I'm quoting Ephesians, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And that's Ephesians 1.5. Yeah, absolutely. And that according to the purpose of his will is so important because he's not looking down the hall of time to see if somebody picked him. And this whole doctrine of predestination and election is what really stuck out to me this week. To put it simply, all humanity is deserving of hell and God mercifully chose to save some, but not all. And like I said already, it's solely according to his good will and pleasure, not anything that we do. For those that God chooses at some point in their lives, he regenerates their hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit so that they can understand the gospel message when they hear it and respond to it. Most people's gut reaction to election and predestination the first time they hear about it is that's not fair. There's no way God would choose some people and not others. And Chris, I was there. I mean, when I was saved, I was saved as an Arminian. And I remember in Bible study, I was in a reformed church for the first time and I was in Bible study. And I said, are you telling me God creates people just to damn them? And it is, it is something you really have to struggle with and come to grips with. But the truth is, Chris, fair is not one of God's attributes. And thank you, God, that it isn't. He is just and he is merciful, but fair isn't on the list. People want to argue that all humanity has a totally free will, and they can choose God or not choose God according to whatever their own will wants. But that's just not true. And Ephesians chapter two gives one of the key passages that tells us so. It does. Ephesians two, one to three says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Rose, in other episodes, we have pointed out that dead men in a coffin cannot reach out. A dead man is laying there and he cannot do anything without having his heart restarted. But there's another point in here that doesn't always get brought up when people argue about this doctrine. And that point is that before we are saved, we follow Satan and his spirit is at work in us. Yep. Our good friend, Pastor Chris Lenhart, who's been a guest on No Trash a couple of times, said nobody's testimony 
should not include those verses from Ephesians. Everybody's testimony should begin with Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Yep. And Chris, there's other verses that make it very clear. This is not standalone verses here in Ephesians that make it clear that before salvation, we're not just following Satan, we're in bondage to him. And that's according to Galatians 4, 3. John chapter 8, verse 34 says we're enslaved to sin. Romans, we just talked about the book of Romans last week. Romans 6.22 says that we're set free from sin when we're saved, thus becoming slaves of God. Paul says in Ephesians 5 that the unsaved are in darkness. And Paul ends this letter to the Ephesians church, telling them to put on the full armor of God because, as the book says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the power of this dark world and the spiritual forces evil. So even believers have to have God's armor to stand firm against Satan. So the question for people who argue that they're totally free and they have total free will is, how did you overcome Satan's power over you by your own power? And that's a good question to ask, but it's rhetorical. Because the answer is you can't. It's definitely rhetorical. When somebody's a slave, they don't wake up one day and decide they want a new master and just, hey, I'm, I'm going over to my new master. That slave is under the control and the power of the one that he's in bondage to. He is totally helpless to do anything at all about his condition. God is sovereign over Satan's power, but he has given him some power. In fact, God has given Satan power to blind the minds of unbelievers, according to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Again, if you think that everyone has total free will, you have to answer the question, how can they overcome Satan's power in order to make that free choice? Yeah. And Satan's powerful. How can they overcome it, but others can't? Yeah. How did they free themselves? Satan's power is too strong to resist without the Holy Spirit in you. Satan cannot indwell in people who have the Holy Spirit in them. However, if you don't, he can. So, Chris, for anyone thinking they chose Jesus of their own free will, the point is you couldn't have done anything without the Holy Spirit first working in you. Without God acting on you first, changing you, you would have never come to Christ and you would never have any power to get out of Satan's grasp. Your will wasn't free. It was in bondage. You were Satan's blind slave. That's a great way to put it, Rose. You were Satan's blind slave. Now just let that sink in. You know, the doctrine of election is argued about from a few passages in the Bible, but the truth is, and we've said this before, the doctrine of election is found throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's there over and over and over and over again from cover to cover. And once you start seeing it, you cannot unsee it. It's there so much. Like you said, Rose, God always acts first. He rescues and then we respond. He loves first and then we love because he loved us. And, you know, i have heard somebody, I think it was R.C. Sproul say that if we have any total free will in any aspect, 
as soon as we have total free will, guess who doesn't? God. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had a woman in one of our Bible study classes we were teaching live and she really struggled with election and was wanting to challenge us and fight us on it. So she went home that week and looked in her Bible and studied it. And she came back the next week. Maybe you remember this, Chris. And she mm -hmm. said, I saw it everywhere. Yeah, because so, it literally is in, and, in lots of little passages that never get brought up. Yeah. And that's how I came around to reform theology and election was I couldn't deny that it was there. I had a woman challenge me to show me one passage where it says, we choose Jesus. Couldn't find any. No, no. All those passages that talk about all who come to me have to be run through that explaining the implicit with the explicit. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Or to see who the letter's written to or who the sermon mm -hmm. is to. If it's to believers, then, you know, that explains it. And exactly. we talk a lot about election because it's life-changing and it's understanding God's complete sovereignty. That's an essential truth that Christians need to know. God is completely sovereign over every molecule in the entire universe. And when you get that, and when you get that God chose you, not for anything you did, but because it, he just decided to have mercy on you you realize just how thankful you need to be that God saved you because you can't take one ounce of credit for your salvation. Not one ounce. It's all God. Mm -mm. And if that doesn't bring you to your knees, I don't know what will. Amen to that. If anyone is interested in learning a little bit more about this, we do cover it in our No Trash, Just Truth podcast in episode 132. And the episode is called The Chosen. And that's on the book of Ephesians. That's in our Ephesians series. And that's a great place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody.